Good afternoon. Hello, Catherine. This is all working marvellously. Good to see you. Um, Great to see you too, Chris. I'm very happy. Technology is in our favour so far. So am I. All very good. And uh, really, really delighted to have the chance to kick off this podcast relay with you. So if I knew then what I know now as the new podcast, the start of a relay. So I'm really looking forward to finding out who's going to be here next week, as well as really interested to find out where the topic of if I knew then what I know now is going to bring up in the conversation that we have as well. So it's, it's, going, to, it's going, to be, going to be sort of levels of excitement, hopefully, as we go through the conversation. So, uh, you and me both. You and me both. Excellent. Very good. So just, I started thinking about this as an opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to various people um, and just pick their brain about the power of learning and perspective and sort of experience and all those things. I've, I've always really liked a quote from uh, an incredibly successful basketball coach in, in the collegiate uh, uh, levels in America called John Wooden. He said, um, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that really counts, which in one way is really powerful. And you kind of go, OK, yeah. So, you know, once you think you've got it and then a penny drops, what do you do with that? Um, and I, I was wondering if we could call it that, but it, it's got me thinking about, it's, it could be more than that. It's more than about learning. There's so many different perspectives on this. And I'm going to be fascinated to find out what, how people take the statement and where it takes them. Um, but before we get on with that, just a quick intro from you in terms of um, what's going on for you at the moment. Dame Catherine Granger. Chair of UK Sport, Chancellor of Oxford Brooks University, multiple medaled Olympic athlete. What's going on for you at the moment, Catherine, in the middle of lockdown and everything that we're doing? Well, probably like most people, uh, a lot's happening, not very much is happening at the same time. So I'm clearly locked down. I'm spending more time at home than I have, I think I've ever spent in my whole life. Um, I have, uh, whatever now, eight weeks now or something slept in my own bed consecutively and I've never heard that for years. Um, and uh, and yet, I have to say, the, the, if you told me eight weeks ago I'd be spending my whole life in sort of my house and my garden and getting out once a day, I'd say I'd never cope with that. Um, but it's amazing how you can make things work. And uh, I probably spent the first couple of weeks being very productive and getting loads done and, and like a lot of people making huge lists of all the things I would accomplish in the next three, four weeks. And now eight weeks have passed and I thought, oh, that list is still looking very familiar and very long. Um, so I've definitely gone through stages of feeling I can sort everything in my world and then realistically, maybe I'm just going to sit from the TV for a while and relax. Um, but it's my work at UK Sports, very, very busy. Um, and it's, it's, I have to say, it's really impressive how the world of high performance sport, I mean, UK sport is mainly Olympics and Paralympics, but all the sort of high performing sort of sports world have really come together to try and try and find answers for this and try and find a way through it um, and as much as it's affecting everyone. So it's, um, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal times we are living through, but um, I think among that, I'm finding enough sanity to, to stay happy and, and, and uh, yeah, not, not, not as enjoying it, but I'm doing okay with it. I have to say. Yeah. I'm well, and, and interesting, you sort of say pace has changed, similar place for a while. So, and also, I thought with this topic, that, you know, there's a bit more perspective for people at the moment in a number of ways as well. So, I thought, why not help a few people go a little bit deeper into that perspective and ask this sort of introspective question and, and see where it goes? So, uh, um, so I'm really curious to find out if you knew then what you know now. What, what, what does that mean to you? Is there a then we're going to talk about that you've particularly got in mind? 
yes. And I'm doing a hesitant yes because I think okay. it's quite a sprawling thing. So, so you first mentioned the, this idea a little while ago and I thought, what a brilliant idea. And it's really interesting to reflect. You know, if I was doing that, what would I say? When would I choose? Um, and not maybe it's because of lockdown. I don't know if I've gone down sort of my own rabbit hole of, of memories and thoughts, but there's a sense of, actually, I could choose any point any point in my life and think actually if I knew then what I knew now things might be a little bit different and that's you know making decisions back at school when when I you know when you really don't know much and um and I certainly didn't know myself particularly well and I didn't I didn't I probably didn't have the confidence or the I don't know sort of I don't know, being comfortable with myself to sort of make some decisions that I would have done if I'd known now. Uh, same at university, if I'd known now, I'd probably do things slightly differently. Um, and then I went through my whole kind of rowing career and was like, good grief, every year I'd probably, in a way, I could talk, you could, you could, you could just throw me a year and I'd be able to talk about it in sort of reflective mode of, I feel different now. Because I think, I think for all of us, and I think now's a good time, we do have a little bit more time to reflect a bit and, and I, and, and I am a very different person than I was 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Um, and I should be because all the experiences I've had between now and then have changed me in some way and, and I've learned from them and, and I'm a big believer in constant learning and everything we do. Um, so I really, to be honest, went from this is a brilliant idea, Chris, I'd love to do it from I actually hate you, quite frankly, because I'm now slightly agonising over you know, what period of life um, I would reflect on most. Or So... Um, it's not an easy answer, but I have, and it's probably because it's time that most people ask me about, to be honest, um, going back to around 2008. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, so I was, um, oh, I was about halfway through my career, actually. Yeah. Uh, I thought then it was near the end, and a lot of people thought it'd be near the end, but I extended it longer than, than many people thought wise. Um, but I, uh, you know, there's, I suppose there's two elements to it. One is the leading into, to, it was the Beijing Olympics for me, it was my third Olympic Games. I was in a very successful crew and we very much believed we could win the one result we'd never won and that was to win the Olympic gold. And, um, you know, reflecting now, there's a, there's a things now that I'd probably do, especially very, very close to that final race, I would do differently now. Okay. Um, and then also the sort of aftermath, possibly even more relevant, the sort of aftermath. Um, I would have been able to deal with that better, I think, if I knew, if I knew myself, I knew the world now, as I know it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so context wise as well, part of a very successful crew, world champions for the three previous years going into 2008. Um, pretty good last season going in, I think. You were beaten once in that season, but also then beat the crew that had beaten you in the build-up as well. So there, there was still the kind of ongoing progress, I guess, towards Beijing and third Olympics for you as well. So kind of a couple of silvers under your belt already. So that was that was feeling pretty good, I, I guess, in terms of momentum. So 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 where where were the thoughts starting to take you then in terms of if if I if I knew now if I knew then what I know now, what's what's the first bit of forensic analysis you sort of get get into? Yeah, I think, um, like you say, it was my, my third Games. Um, so I was I was becoming a bit more experienced at this gig. Uh, and it was the the sort of, the lead up to that was the first time I sort of felt in, in much more of a sort of 
leadership role within the crew as well because my first games you know I was I was lovely kind of naive new to the whole thing and surrounded by incredible successful people and then even my second games you know I, I had been successful by then but I still felt between my coach and and Kathy I was running with that they had they were older and wiser in some way and I sort of felt that that I it, you know I, that was their role more and leading into 2008 I was the most experienced and I was older and enthused to be wiser and I find it a real privilege I really really embrace that extra I think it does bring extra pressure um having that sense of responsibility and I and I loved it and I wouldn't have changed that at all um but I think I had underestimated as we got closer and closer to the games just the the sort of intensity and the pressure and expectation all of us would be experiencing and um and it came from you know the best possible place place it came from the place that we wanted this so much we wanted this for ourselves we wanted it for our team we wanted it for all the incredible support we have around us we wanted it for part of team gb you're then representing it we wanted it for the nation you know you take on these higher and higher and bigger levels of responsibility without without anyone giving them to you no one was telling us this was important but that's kind of what we took on and um and I probably hadn't kind of appreciated how that might start affecting us individually and also collectively in in sort of mentally but also physical ways and how we how then we it might affect how we would ultimately perform yeah no no really really clear and you know and, and I think there was certainly my recollection kind of having been relatively close to that journey as well that they pretty good communication there was lots of sort of good habits that have been built on over the previous three years that we're looking to kind of keep in place as well so uh, you know it, it interests me as well just hearing you start to reflect on this about that kind of the build-up of pressure and some of the things that okay if if you knew then what you know now what were there any particular points was it sort of landing in China was it start you know the first outing at the course in Shengyi was there anything particular there that you start you think actually if I if I knew that I'd, I'd have done that there. Yeah, I think what we didn't uh, sort of predict, we stayed in a hotel near the course, mm -hmm. um, but there was a lot of, I don't know if it was fair or not, there was slight paranoia about, you know, we'd sort of been told things like, you know, be careful with your mobile phone, um, be careful with your rooms. Mm -hmm. There was a sense that, um, it was the first time I've experienced it, that there was, we were being monitored in some way and now whether that was um, from a competitive vantage point, no one was sure, or whether that was just the sort of higher levels of security and protection you can feel at the Olympics, but also you put that into a Chinese perspective, it's quite a different sort of monitored situation. So there was this sort of different world we'd come into that, that I hadn't sort of expected and that brought a different edge to it. Um, and suddenly they're, they're kind of, you know, you, you kind of, you, not that you know what you're going to in those, in those massive events, but you, to some extent, you try and familiarise yourself and make it as, you know, as familiar as you can and as comfortable as you can. But there was elements that were felt out of our control and were quite um, disconcerting in some ways. Uh, and then also, and again, it's reflecting. I, I like I said, I, I do love the responsibility. I love the, I do love the weight of feeling you have other people's, um, I mean, in sports of hopes and dreams to some mm -hmm. extent in your hand and, and, and vice versa. And I, and I love that, how that brings a team together and like anything else I've sort of experienced. And that's a massive privilege to be part of. Um, 
but I also know I'm, I'm at my best when I uh, have humour and, you know, can bring a lightness to it and a fun to it. And I, you know, looking back, I think I really struggled to find that in that environment and in that place and at that time. And and again, it's all with the wonders of hindsight. You know, I, I, I would do it, you know, I would, I would find, it was hard because it was, you know, it's a very intense time, but I, I had much more, to some extent, intense times going forward in my career. And I still, when I was at my best was when I had some able to switch off or humor or- yeah, contrast and perspective, I guess. Yeah. yeah a bit of balance as well. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, cause, you know, I, I certainly recollect a lot of humor a lot of the time, certain conversations that, that we've had and crews have had, there's always, there's always been a levity to it. Um, but then thinking back, you know, just thinking about how that hotel felt and where you really kind of chilling out when you're in your rooms because you weren't really, yeah, yeah, you know, just some of those things that just maybe don't allow you to get down to that level of relaxation and recovery and kind of ease with yourself at a, at a time when you want to be able to get that contrast, I guess, between kind of, you know, huge relaxation and then sort of huge power as well. Was 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 there anything in terms of you know what you'd have said what you'd have said to yourself or other people around you in that time then sort of now given what you know now if you'd known that then would you have acted differently would you have done anything different? Yeah, I think. I mean, we were you know we were a really close crew and we were all very united in what we wanted to achieve and really believed in our own abilities and each other's and that was really important. You know, did we have? I don't know. It's hard to. You know, if we had gone and won it, wouldn't have thought twice, move on, let's all be happy. You know, it's only because we didn't quite get what we wanted that you can take it apart a little bit more. But did we have conversations addressing things at the time? Possibly not. Did I feel they needed to be addressed? Possibly not. You know, it's again, this is with looking back. If I was doing it again, I would, I would, you know, I would probably have more conversations asking, does it feel right? And, you know, are we are we relaxed enough? Are we happy enough? Are we positive enough? You know, I think we were very focused on, can we deliver what we need to? Mm. Um, and we were very clear on, on the, the sort of, the sort of goal focused conversations were really good and really clear and very honest. Um, but did we really tackle the, I suppose the more human side, yeah. more yeah. personal side that, you know, were we, were we confident enough if any of us were really uncertain to be able to say that or and share that and, Maybe we would have, maybe we could have, but I don't know if we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's interesting as well, just reflecting on 2009 conversations that were, that we had when you went into the single about kind of, you know, racing with joy and freedom as a, a novice and kind of, you know, just, just totally letting yourself, you know, throw yourself into the racing and see what happens, you know, with a, with a balance of experience, but then kind of youthful naivety in combination. And I... I you know, it's, it's interesting reflecting upon that and kind of going, okay, well, how easy would it have been to have done that? Stroking a quad the year before and kind of go, right, come on, folks, we're in the Olympic final. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and, you know, like you said, the year after when it was almost, I think I was in recovery mode mm-hmm. from what felt like a, a sort of quite major trauma of disappointment. Um, it was easier to then say, do you know what? Just go and have fun. It doesn't matter. The results don't matter because they don't, you know, how I don't know could you have done that in an Olympic year when clearly the result did matter I mean you know I think it'd been quite inauthentic to say guys just let's go enjoy ourselves you know it doesn't matter what happens here because we were so that result meant so much to us and we felt it was a result we really should be able to deliver and 
and it was it's hard and and I think I've done it better and worse in my careers mm-hmm. but how do you you know when it when it really works is when you can really focus on the the process itself just the you know really in that moment of how you're doing it not not what it's getting you to and and if you can somehow switch it so that the the outcome is clearly important and clearly was going to matter whatever we said but to take away some of that focus obsession intensity on that final outcome could it be more about you know how we were doing it in some way yeah again yes it's interesting looking at I guess the, the the final through the lens of a challenge mindset where we talk about getting control, maximize the confidence, and then be really curious to kind of go and find stuff out versus the threat mindset of perhaps, you know, you're trying not to lose control. You may be a little bit aware of some of the things that might be denting the confidence a bit and, and the goal focuses much more on stuff that you definitely want to achieve and, and want to deliver rather than want to find out. A very subtle difference. And you mentioned the kind of the physical sort of impact I guess you know so if, if knowing knowing now what you knew then did, did you feel physically different did you would you have done anything you know was was the brain and the body connecting in a way that was bringing in a bit of fatigue or you know, is, is there any thoughts on that in, in your reflections uh yeah I'll be honest I haven't I haven't watched the race many times yeah uh I have watched it I don't know it's part of it's like therapy it's part of I think I have to go and I had to go and watch it and to see what happened and to see if there was anything that that we did right or wrong or and it was an incredible race and and you know to credit to our opponents we had brilliant brilliant opposition it wasn't as if we sort of threw it away um to anybody but the 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 sort of last the dying moments of that race it was so tight and it was so close and it was you know you're among this this cauldron these deafening crowds it is it is the moment as an athlete you you crave to some extent and you want to deliver your best and you know watching it there was um some tension and uh tightness and we weren't as efficient as we probably needed to be to win it um but you know when you've got about i don't know seconds to go and you're suddenly slipping into a losing position how do you suddenly find that instant relaxation and relaxation that probably gets you a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think physically there was a risk that that intensity crept into what we were doing and therefore you start to become inefficient and you know, you're trying to be the best in the world. You've got to have everything, everything going for you and a little bit too much tension, a little bit of tightness can mean suddenly it's, it's not as smooth and as efficient as it needed to be. Yeah, and, and certainly, you know, at, at the rate as you're kind of going up and sort of, you know, sprinting into the finish and there's the, you know, you're trying to get four of those bodies synchronised absolutely together to get the boat moving. You know, I, I, I guess it's, you know, we talk about marginal gains on the plus side, don't we? Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, the marginal interference sometimes it just yeah. takes it off a little bit. But, you know, as, as you're talking as well, I'm just thinking about, again, 2009 and there's a, a world championship final where you just go out and you're winning for the majority of the race, you kind of go, what is going on? And, and this, you know, this is a really exciting, Catherine's leading, Catherine's leading, Catherine's leading. Uh, oh, you know, and, and then just at the end, you get pipped just at the end in a thrilling, exciting race. And it pretty much mirrors what went the year before, wasn't it? You know, in terms of, you know, but just a very different sensation of a, a challenge mindset, we'll go and have a go in the single on your own versus... A slight bit of threat maybe just in, in, in a, you know the, the previous year 
getting in the way of it. And, and yeah, do you yeah. think? And I, yeah, you're right. And I had not really thought about it. They were very similar how they both played out. Um, and the biggest difference was in in 2008, there was the expectation we could win and we should win. Um, yeah. was, we, we felt, you know, we could win and we should win and we wanted to win. And, and it was slightly that obsession with trying to do it. Um, in 2009, there was no expectation. I'd never done that event. I had raced through the season, not been particularly successful in it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there was points where making the final, making the top six would be a, a great result. And when I made the top, the top six and got to race in the final, I remember having that conversation of, well, now, now anything goes. I've kind of, you know, made the point of I can make it into this top group. And well, let's just see what happens. And, you know, we've talked before about just any, any person you could beat at that point was great. And I was sort of almost mentally just picking it off. I can pick off one person great and pick off two. And halfway down the course, I, you know, got into the lead and thought, this is amazing. And I know, I know journalists who are watching it and they were kind of half interested. It wasn't a great race. It wasn't a big race. It wasn't anything. They didn't expect any sort of GB interest in it. And suddenly people stopped and went, good God, what's she doing? Um, because there, it felt free and it felt, you know, and it was that, and, and you know, the, the months that happened, and it was months uh, rather than years, but the months happened between sort of summer of the Olympics and the world championships the following year, you know, so much happened and that's also, you know, sometime I wish I could have been, I wish I could have known, you know, not how it was all going to end because, you know, you can't just say, oh, it's going to be fine. But the sort of, um, I suppose that's, that's being good to yourself and being kind to yourself because it was, it was very, very hard for all of us after Beijing. There was a lot of, we were disappointed. A lot of people were very aware of our disappointment it's a very hard thing to deal with and cope with. And, uh, you know, there was so many people just trying to fix it and help and, and seeing with us, you kind of wanted to snap out of it. And it was very hard to, and it took time. And I think if I'd you know, known then that just actually some of those huge disappointments, there's, there is no, there is no, there's no right or wrong way to be. There's no quick way to get out of it. It takes time. It takes a lot of love and support around you. It takes, you work through it and ultimately ultimately i'd still say the the kind of the lessons i learned through that period were some of the most powerful lessons that helped me go on and and do a lot more but at that time i wouldn't have known and i couldn't have known and and therefore i i you know put through put myself and never all of us put ourselves through some really dark days of mm. of feeling that a result somehow defined us a feeling that a result was you know because we failed in what we wanted to achieve therefore we were failures and um i still remember uh oh horrible day going to um obviously post olympics there's lots of wonderful times happening lots of fun and lots going on and the four of us went out to a sort of a really nice big lunch happening in the center of london being hosted by our, our the sponsors at the time and lots of people invited it was a big celebration because you know the rowing team had done very well and you know, even our silver medal was, it was still a silver medal. It was still yeah, a great yeah. success for a lot of people. And on the way in, we met somebody who had um, been doing a sort of a thing online about, you know, ask questions to the Olympians. Um, and then if, if this person saw them, then, you know, she's like, I can give you the questions and the, the Olympians will answer them for you. And it was quite early on. It was, you yeah. know, a lot before a lot of the social media we have now, where there's easier access. So we met this woman outside the lunch and she sort of said, oh, by the way, I've got, I've got some questions for you that the public, you know, want to know. And just take your time, answer them, let me know the answers and I'll, you know, I'll email them back, whatever, and I'll put them on the, 
this website and uh, I didn't think any of it and just sort of walked away and we were gathered outside and I opened it and the first question was um, uh, can you ask the women's quad uh, what it feels like to have wasted four years of their lives uh, and it was and it was in red print for some reason I still remember I don't know why it was red print but it was red print and it just you know those letters just looked at us and it was horrible because it was exactly what we felt to some extent mm -hmm. and you know almost the knife was in already and it was the final twist and then we had to go into this lunch which was a great celebration of all these wonderful things about the olympics and we were all really hurting really really hurting um and uh i went i remember going to the toilet still holding this piece of paper and one of the brilliant brilliant uh producer directors we work with at the bbc called Sally, she actually came in after and she said, is everything all right? You don't look okay. And I said, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm fine. I'm just, I, and I was sort of waving this sheet of paper and she said, what is it? And I said, oh, we've just been asked these questions. And I, it's just obviously, I thought I was okay, but it's still so raw, it's still really painful. And she took a look at it and she just, she just very calmly, but very clearly, who, the, who, who gave this to you? And I still, it's, you know, someone out there and she said, don't, don't take this, don't answer these things. If you want, if you want to ask these questions, then ask to, see, you know, almost see them, address it if you want to, but don't, you know, and she was really good at going, this is an inappropriate, this is the wrong way to do it, the wrong way to do it. And if someone's calling themselves journalists because of this, you know, I'll apologize on behalf of journalism. And it kind of really took me to task slightly on, this is not, this is not what you need to be dealing with. And I remember about a year later, finding that piece of paper again. Mm -hmm. And when I found it, I was much more defiant and I was much more thinking, wasted four years of our lives. You know, we ended up silver medalists. We'd won three world titles before that. We'd, you know, we, we'd become, we were Olympians. We'd become Olympians. We'd made some history and it wasn't the history we'd planned to make, but my God, I don't regret any of it. And, um, and it certainly wasn't a waste of four years of my life. Yeah. That, but it took a while to get to that place and it took a while to feel okay with it. And that's, that's the thing, if I could do it differently, I would change it much faster. But I felt like we all had to somehow go through that experience to, to I don't know, grow from it, I suppose. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you think you do self-compassion better now then as a result of, you know, knowing now, you know, some of the stuff, some of the experience? Because it feels like compassion before in the build-up would have, would have been an interesting thing to have. And then certainly the compassion and space afterwards. If you're just wondering whether that's something that you, you're concluding here, actually the role of, you know, being kind to yourself in the right way at the right time is really important, but not necessarily easy. Yeah, I do. And I, and I think, um, I mean, it gave me a lot of empathy. It gave me a lot of, um, you know, I work with people now or when I was sort of continuing my career, you, you kind of, in those depths you do really understand what people are dealing with um having been through myself so it was an amazing learning experience anyway but yeah i think i think i find it much easier and everyone's different but i find it much easier to be you know compassionate for others mm. and to give mm. that support and help and when they're struggling and i think we don't, we're not always as good as being kind to ourselves and being generous to ourselves and you know i think we're seeing it a bit in lockdown as you know, we're all, like I said at the beginning, all, you know, giving ourselves a hard time and not doing more, being better in some way or being able to help or something. And actually, you know, just sometimes being, being and looking after yourself is the most important thing you can do. And, and just taking time, you know, I, I think um, just giving things time and space was, was really important. And yeah, I do. 
I, I remember as well, one of the quotes I was used at the time I've used before, and it's, it's one of those quotes that everyone claims to have said it, but I think it came from ancient Greece originally. And it was all, it's not just self-compassion, but it's, you'll be kind to everyone because everyone's fighting their own battle. And I think that's really important is you never quite know what people are dealing with, including yourself. You never quite know mm-hmm. what everyone has going on in their life. So you make assumptions and you make you assume people are fine or dealing with things or the way they behave is, is because of some, you know, something you interpret and it's often very, very different. And I think I got better at understanding myself and also understanding people and being, yeah, being better and kinder about that. Yeah. And, 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 I'm, and I'm just wondering here in terms of sort of taking that compassion idea and, and giving it a little bit of a specific reference back to 2008. So if, if we kind of, we're not going to change the result, but we change the experience for you, given what you know now, and anything that you'd sort of want to experience in the build-up, knowing that you were going to get a silver, anything that you'd want to sort of, you know, say to yourself or focus on that would, would have changed the experience rather than the result? I don't know, because if I'm honest, if I... And I know that I'm asking you that as one of the most <laughs> competitive people I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, hi. I mean, if you think, no, you're going to get the silver, how are you going to speak to yourself? I'd just still be very, very annoyed. Um, uh, yeah, it's so hard because um, I think what you get a lot, and I'm very cautious not to say to other people now, going into these big events, that, that whether it's Olympics or whether it's anything else big in their life, you know, it's the easiest thing, and people said it to me, and I sometimes say to people and then catch myself, is that it'll be all right, it'll be okay. You know, you'll be okay. Because at the end of the day, you will be okay, and it will be all right. Whatever the result, whatever the outcome, whatever happens, there's a sense of it will all be okay. It always is. You know, life is an amazing ability to, I don't know, take you places and give you things you never expected and harder things sometimes than you, than you thought, but you generally people are so resilient and so resourceful and and we cope and we learn and we grow and we're better for it so there is that sense of whatever's coming you'll be okay and it will be okay but if you're sitting there a week before Beijing going you know the silver medal's coming but you'll be okay I'd still be like what the silver medal <laughs> I don't want the silver medal and that's that's the competitor me that would never be okay with the silver medal at that point but yeah, you, I, I, yeah, it's making me think about you know can can, can we get a, another phrase in there as well? And it's, it, you're okay because you said you know that kind of the the result defining you kind of thing, and you know there, there's something in there in terms of you know just reconceptualizing that in terms of you know whatever the color of the medal, you're still okay. You know you've still got this body of work. I, I wonder if there's something in that if that if that sort of slightly sort of gets around the competitive bit in a different way for you. I think, and I and I still believe in it. You know, I still believe in that. The fact that we take stuff on, the fact that we enter in the first place, the fact we get back into that arena and bloodied and beaten and dusty and all the rest, and you still fight and you still take on challenges. And you know, I know um, sort of when I made decisions to continue my career after that. There's a lot of people who had seen the aftermath of Beijing and seen how upsetting it was and seeing how kind of shook your world, my world a bit and, and how I define myself were, you know, in a protective way saying, do you really want to go on, on and do it? You know, do you really think it's worth it? Do you think it's worth the risk? Do you really want to go put yourself through that again and all that? And I think, you know, the win is still the fact that we, all of us, we get up and we go again and we get up and we 
take on the risk and there is no certainties in sport there's no certainties in life but you get yourself you get yourself involved you take on the chances you have you know whether deep-seated desires or beliefs or thoughts or you want to make a difference or something and we act on them and we and it can be across every sector you're seeing it right now so many people right now taking things on to make positive difference for themselves or for other people because I think fundamentally as human beings that's that's our, that's what we do that's what we're at our best and so yeah so rather than rather than what will the result be or define you by or what we'll be named as or what the legacy will become I think it's the the act of doing and trying that is far more powerful now now when I was you know a week away from the Olympics and someone had given me that big speech then I'd have still gone no but I still want to win you know it's it was the perspective had shifted so much to the to sort of the only thing was that result and and possibly that was why there was so much tension around there um but uh, but ultimately yeah i do i do think that the win is the is the taking on the challenge that's the win did, did you do you think sort of in, in hindsight looking back if, if you'd have sort of balanced the difference between you know avoiding losing versus wanting to win you know anything other than a win i you know avoid the loss at all costs. Was there any difference in there for you thinking about it in the build-up? Whereas previously it had been trying to get the breakthrough. Is is there anything in that, do you think? I think, um, I think, I think I I think we did. I think I did certainly. I can speak for myself more. Um, I think there was a fear of loss. Hmm. There was a fear of what if we don't? Um, And I, I, I couldn't shift that at the time. I couldn't couldn't snap out of that. Um, but I think after that, I was much better at the opportunities. You know, my career before that was very much about the what could we achieve or what could we do or what could we benefit from this or what could we, you know, the exciting possibility. Yeah. Uh, Beijing of the only the re, the sort of harshest part of my career was probably the what if we can't do it. And then after that, um, even you know, going to London and, and all that London delivered, I only thought once, genuinely in the four years, I only thought once about what if I what if I get this wrong? What if this doesn't go well? How will I cope with that? And I thought about it once and I didn't think about it again. And it was it all of my and I very consciously managed to swing it more to, you know, what what could be gained from this. And also the I think for me, and again it's going back to the taking on the challenge is the thing. My biggest regret was always going to be not, I think I would, I, and, and it's individual, everyone's different, but, you know, if I'd, if you'd said, well, actually Beijing is going to end up in a massive disappointment, so you could stay at home instead. Mm-hmm. Avoid yourself the pain, avoid yourself the suffering, avoid yourself what felt like, you know, humiliation. Um, just stay at home and, and miss out. Then that would still have been worse for me. Yeah. It would have been safer and it would have been more comfortable and it would have been possibly less scarred. But there had been part of my brain thinking, you backed out and you backed off. And why don't you just go and find out and deliver what you can and still be proud of that. And I think going on on my career forward, it was always about that, you know, this is really a positive choice to get involved and get back in. And this is exciting what, what can be done. And that's when you can shift that mindset rather than a fear of, you know, what if it goes wrong to what it could be then i think it really helps yeah yeah and, and actually on, on the performance room there's, there's a um i interviewed tom evans at one of our events and tom uh emergency medicine consultant you know coached on the, the british rowing team for a while as well tom recounts a story that he talked to you and sort of said you know Catherine, how do you, how do you 
deal with the pressure when you're paddling down to the start line. And, and he says, you said to him, well, I look at the people on the bank and, you know, and everyone else and I think, well, I'd rather be here than there. Given the choice, yeah. I'd actually rather be the person who's got the opportunity to do something than the person who is sort of looking on as well. And I get, you know, that as a great story to tell, but the, the perspective bit there kind of just comes through from that story as well. You know, I won't stay at home even though I know, you know, I'd still rather be in there having a go rather than sort of, you know, being a spectator. Yeah, and I, I think life's generally about that. You know, I think, again, everyone's different and, and you know, God, I would never judge anyone saying, do you know what, listen to all that, I'd rather stay at home, much happier. I mean, maybe much more sane, much more wise, but I don't know. Ultimately, I think, you know, I think especially as an athlete, your, your life as an athlete is short. Mine was longer than many, but um, it's limited, you know that. So I knew that also a day that I couldn't do it and I couldn't choose to do it. So I would never want to regret not having done it while I could. And that's partly why I went on as long as I did. And, and you know, even now, I, you know, there's, you know, you take on roles and put yourself in positions, it'd be more comfortable not to a lot of the time. But actually, I don't know, it feels good to be involved in doing things where you can somehow make a difference or make an impact or do something. And I, yeah, I definitely think I'd rather be, I'd be a doer than a watcher in most things. Yeah. Yeah, so around about March the 21st when the Olympics were cancelled, did you have the thought, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> be involved in a different way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some, some comebacks are definitely you know, better, better than others, for sure. Um, so, so kind of just thinking about this, if you knew then what you know now, what, 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 are, you con- what are you concluding? What's it, what's it kind of boiling up to in your head or sort of, you know, points of reflection would stuff have changed would you know would you've done stuff differently how are you feeling yeah um i mean it's interesting it's also why i agonized a bit when you asked me originally because again it's all with the wonderful benefit of hindsight there's not many things i would actually change in my life because ultimately you know i feel all the good and the bad and the disappointments and success and everything make you who you are you know, it makes me who I am and what I can do today and what I can take on today because of experiences. Everything's an experience, ultimately. And it's, you know, I guess how you use it or benefit from that. So I wouldn't actually want anything changed anyway. Um, really. I'd probably still want to change the vision result. But, you know, yeah. most things I wouldn't want to change. But what would I, what have I learned now? Um, I think probably not, if it's possible, not to be afraid. Not to be afraid. Certainly not to be afraid of failure. Uh not to let it inhibit things, whether it's physically or emotionally, or like I said, in communication. Um, and also to know that everything is survivable and ultimately everything, everything is useful and everything is beneficial to some extent. Everything will make you better to some extent. I didn't, I wouldn't wish what we went through those few months on, on anyone. Um, but in some ways, yeah, I was a better person, I was a better athlete because of it. So not to, not to fear, yeah. not to fear what might happen or what might not happen. Just to, yeah, it's, it's an interesting reflection on the you know the, the the cost of an irrational commitment obsessively to something that you choose to seek to excel in, you know, and and, and that, that's that's really interesting to to just think about that whole you know, choices that you make and the opportunities to pursue something with such conviction that, you know, as irrational as it may seem from the outside, the meaningfulness that it has to you is so important and kind of 
and that's why being okay with the choices you make and who you are and how you are is kind of so important as part of that, I guess, as well, isn't it? So. Yeah, and I, there's one thing I certainly wouldn't change is the, that the irrational conviction is, mm. is very powerful. You know, I think whatever you take on, whatever you believe, whatever the odds, you have to, you have to want to do it. You have to believe in it. And, and even against the majority of people around you thinking it's not wise or not smart or not a good thing to do, if, if it's really what you believe in and what you think is possible, then my God, it's worth following that as far as you can go with it um and not you know at the end of the day if it goes well brilliant if it doesn't go well not then agonizing over what people think or what people say because it is it's such a cliche but my god we're all life is an amazing journey we're all experiencing quite a different tangential bit that we expected right now Uh, but it's you know i think as everyone's saying hopefully we'll all reflect differently having had this experience and i don't know to me that's just that's what it is get your convictions, run with them and learn as you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it always makes me reflect upon the absurdity of sort of the same colour medal and the very different stories that go alongside them. So, you know, four silvers, one gold, you know, very different stories for each of them. Even, even though lots of people will say silver is the worst medal to get. Well, you know, <laughs> they're so different in terms of, you know, how, how your ones were world championships and, you know, gold medals that were you know, very different to each other as well. So, you know, I, I, I think that reflection as well in terms of, you know, keeping the full story, not not just the colour of the outcome, but actually the kind of the meaningfulness and kind of the the service it pays to you going forward, I guess. And, that, you know, that's what I'm hearing in terms of the Beijing silver paid you back. Yeah. Just not, in the, <laughs> not necessarily in the way that you'd envisage it was going to. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, the, the colour of that medal only mattered that much to the four of us in the boat, and it and it really did. But, you know, the rest of the world, my God, it keeps going on, and it keeps, you know, turning around, and, and you turn with it. So, you know, uh, you also get perspective beyond it as well, about it. it's not, you know, the, the strongest things I took away from Beijing, reflecting now, isn't, it wasn't the medal anyway, it was everything else that came with it, and... And I think you know we'd all say that to some extent, and it's a, a medal we're still very proud of as a as a group and as a crew, and and the lessons and the stories that came with it are are as powerful as any bit of metal will ever be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and you know, and the and the two Olympics that followed after that as well were you know sort of uh, definitely fueled in many ways by a lot of that as well. So and, and, uh, it was a pleasure to see that as well. So you know, great, great getting your thoughts on that as well, and kind of. Um, I'm mindful of time and mindful of your time. Um, I'm sure there's some important UK sport decisions that need making somewhere down the line, so I don't want to keep you for too long. So um, having had your chance to have a go at uh, this, if I knew then what I know now, who would you like to pass the baton on to and any thoughts as to why, as to what, you know, what, why you think they're going to be great to pass their story on and reflections? Uh, I'd actually, there's loads of people I'd like to pass it on to. I think everyone should do this. Everyone at home can do this as well. I'm just thinking about this. Um, uh, the person I'm going to pass it on to is the person because I don't have a clue what they're actually going to go with. Right, okay. Uh, and that's partly why <laughs> I'm going to give it to them. And we've had many conversations over many years. Um, and I, yeah, I'm a little bit intrigued to see where she's going to go with it. And uh, that person is Claire Balding. Fantastic. Excellent. That will be fascinating. You know, such a such a brilliant career that Claire's had. Such a you know turns our hand to many different things as well that we see publicly, but also you know loads of other stuff. So I I am sitting not very far away, uh, probably about uh, my my uh, 
black garden neighbor previously uh, recorded a audio with Claire a little while ago, walking up the hill from where I am as well, um, and sort of recounting the beauty of the Cotswold countryside. Um, and I was gutted that I didn't get to bump into Claire that day. So I'm delighted, Catherine, that I'm actually at least going to get to meet her virtually. So uh, that's going to be great. So thank you very much for that baton handover. So fantastic. Um, very much looking forward to that. If folks, you've got comments, uh, we're going to post this on the performance room. It will carry on being on the YouTube channel for a while as well. Um, but we are off and running with the If I Knew Then What I Know Now relay. Thank you very much for a brilliant first leg, Catherine. Uh, we'll see how many legs we go for and, and, and who may be the person who brings us to a glorious sprint finish at some point down the line as well. So it's uh, um, been fantastic. Always a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend and stay safe. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. We'll see you. Take care.